You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. We are live on Bench Talk Live. I guess I'll kick it off with the first one. Sir Bench Lot, uh, Tony Carlino. He is uh, going to be the next thousand pound bencher. Mark my words on that. He is. Uh, he's looking great. Um, he asks, "When are you getting? The, when are you going to try out a Bench Daddy type shirt? Meaning those banded shirts." And then I also had another. Uh, another uh, someone asked me in uh, a Big Jake lifts. Uh, he asked me thoughts on on banded shirts. So same type of thing. This is a hot topic right now, guys, especially in the equipped powerlifting community. Uh, we just had the recent all-time world record by Tiny Meeker get broken, 11.05 by Will Barati. And he used a uh, Kruger, a Kruger bench shirt. And it's one of those quote-unquote banded shirts. So it's stirring up a good deal of controversy. Alright, so I've been asked my thoughts on banded shirts. Do they have a place in powerlifting? Should they be their own separate division? We saw open powerlifting kind of come out and do a poll where, uh, you know, should banded shirts be in its own category? Now, at the root of it, guys, quick lifting's always been about progression. It's always been about lifting the most weight. It started off as these shirts were meant to support your bodies, which they do. Um, but then they advance so much that you know, it's such restrictive material that you get so much out of the shirt. You know, I, it's not an unknown thing that I get about 400 plus out of my bench shirt. Okay, that's a lot. Um, a banded shirt. The thing with these guys is it kind of flips everything upside down because you can throw on this type of shirt and instantly gain 200 something plus on your bench because it's similar to a slingshot it's not going to have to change the groove so much to get it down so it's very quick entry for someone who's just starting out or a bench shirt a lot of technique and precision that goes into it it's just an entirely different groove and could be argued it's an entirely different lift almost in itself uh, you know, we're talking raw versus equipped. How different that can be. You know, now a band shirt versus an uh, you know poly shirt can be very different as well. So, um, I like the progression of you know trying to lift the most weight. If these guys can get this advantage out of this shirt and lift the most weight, I'm all for it. Uh, I do think it might be a great idea to have a separate division for it. You know, we do for single ply, we do for multi ply. You know, why not have one for these different types of shirt? Only reason I say that is because the point of entry all right the point of entry is so low you throw one of these on you're instantly getting a lot out of that shirt okay so that's why i say probably make it its own division but to be honest with you guys uh to answer tony's questions i've tried a bench daddy shirt i've tried rich putnam's bench freak shirt which i assume is pretty similar to that kruger shirt um all these banded materials i could not set up how i normally set up i just had a really hard time uh, just the way the shirt's formed, I can't really be tucked underneath it. I kind of have to spread out on it. It affects my ability to arch a lot. And I actually am hindered by the shirts. I can't lift as much in those shirts. All right. I get a lot out of having a short range of motion. You know, I'm just not as strong as these guys. You know, my raw bench does not stack up with some of these guys. You know, they have brute, brute strength. I've seen Rich Putnam take out a shit ton of weight, and then all of a sudden he's just steady with it. 
for me, it's much more precision. You know, I'm getting 400 plus out of my shirt because I'm dialing in every aspect. I'm not as strong as these guys, bare bones. But I can try to hang on, on my own by really maximizing what I can cut and range of motion and, and get out of the technique. Okay, and, and maximize my, you know, I, I went down from the, the four peg here down to the three. I've been really working on driving into the pad, as you guys seen too in our videos lately. Um, so, yeah, I'm all about that uh whole, you know really keeping that precision sport you know for me it's all I, I would love to use a poly anyway because how it's grooved how it's different so these bandit shirts are just so kind of out there i love the progression idea but i do think it would be best maybe settling for having its own division okay so i'm totally for making that a separate thing okay not to take anything away from like will barati's 1105 i mean it's unbelievable lift and he totally smoked it you know, if you guys haven't seen that video, he lifted that like it was an empty bar. That thing flew up. It was very, very impressive. And just to have that weight while it's bending over you, I mean, it doesn't change anything, guys. I mean, wearing those shirts, it's still heavy as shit. So it doesn't change anything in how much you're supported at the top, I'll tell you that. It just makes for a longer range for me. So uh, I don't favor with those, but the weight's still heavy as shit. So he still had 1105 in his hands. Trust me that. Um... But, uh, yeah, I do think that would probably be best served in its own separate division. Appreciate everyone joining in. Thanks for tuning in to Bench Talk Live. Hope you all set your reminders. I posted on our story. Uh, set your reminders for today and join us in live here. The Chicken Dealer. I love that, my friend. I used to, um, I quote-unquote, sling chicken. I was in a part-time job I had at one point. Uh, where it was a fried chicken place, pretty much, and I was uh, delivering chicken all over the island. So uh, I love that name, the Chicken Dealer. I should have took that back in the day. Uh, what's your favorite tricep accessory for hypertrophy? Um, you know, I've gotten this question too um, right here. Jose Fernandez says, best accessories for bench. Now, I don't say there's a, a best accessory. Um, you know, I don't want to give you a specific exercise because especially when we're talking triceps, there's such a broad range of exercises you can do um, that it really comes down to personal preference. I mean, switching it up time to time, of course, is going to be very valuable. So you don't want to just stick with one forever either. Um, the best for hypertrophy, really whatever you feel working your triceps more. You know, if, if you really stumble on an exercise like um, I'm doing incline uh, tricep kickbacks. All right, I haven't done these in a while. I get fresh to them again, and it hits you in a different way. It's a different angle. It's a different type of activation of the triceps, and I'm sore the next day, and I love that. I love varying up different movements. Uh, I wouldn't say any's better than the other. Don't do one that bothers you, of course. If it hurts your elbow or nothing, don't do that. That would be dumb. Um, this is so many different angles and exercises you can create. I just came up with this banded tape press. I ain't seen no one really doing that before. Uh, it just kind of came to me one day. I was like, wow, this is really going to mimic how we, how we bench press. And I've been slamming these banded tape presses. You can see that on our Instagram story. Um, that's, that's a movement that I've really grown to love. Um, yeah, I didn't see that before, so I was like, hey, we're going to do it. That's, it simulates a tape press. So we could call it the band of tape press. So uh, definitely check that out. Start throwing that to your routine. I think you'll like that one. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's any best accessory. I would say the best accessory is going to be the one that attacks your weak point, you know, whatever that may be. And if you really don't know, it, you can't go wrong with more back work, especially upper back work. All right. 
Let's see, anything else coming in here? Any questions? There's some questions on YouTube. All right, guys, I'm going to try. I got a long list from the Instagram. I'm going to try to knock these out, okay? Um, we have the hybrid hillbilly. Matt, what shoulder exercise is good to add to your bench? Uh, I think he means uh, add to your bench routine or add weight to your bench. Um, so how I answered this the other day is I'm always going to be a fan of exercises that are going to stress you more. And... If we think about that, that's going to be your big movement, such as your overhead press, your dumbbell overhead press, any any variations of pressing, because pressing, you're going to be able to handle the most weight, all right? Um, not that lateral raises thing don't have their place, but if I had to pick one that I think is going to deliver you the most results, I would say an overhead press or something similar. And if you can't do a standing barbell overhead press, maybe doing a, a neutral grip dumbbell seated overhead press do a landmine overhead press those are very friendly for the shoulders and don't require you know a big range of motion if you can't get overhead a landmine you could press that out in front of you and still really stress your shoulders so that's uh definitely one of my top picks that's something i've been doing too in my training um uh, bamboo bar overhead presses been doing that twice a week for sets of 20 and then uh the landmine as well i really like the landmine because you can be in the neutral grip you don't have to be out here um and then you know have such a, a extended overhead range of motion matt also says what do you think of guys who do front raises as they unload the bar to hit their shoulders uh i'm totally cool with that too um it just really comes down to are you trying to pick a bread and butter like well, i can only pick one because, uh, you know, everything's going to have its place. I think that's good. Uh, front raises, I certainly do my lateral raises into front raises as well. But, I mean, if you're going to hold the gun to my head and say, hey, pick one, Bench and Benny, I'm probably going to have to say an overhead press. This is going to stress you more. So it really just comes into what context um, you're talking about it. But those are great, too. I think uh, front raises are awesome. Uh, I've been noticing um, that I have to keep my arm at a certain angle or also get these weird clicking in my shoulder um so you might find you have to make some some accommodations here and there pending cyclonic rabbit the banded tape press works great anger a stupid pump thanks for showing us those appreciate it my friend glad you tried those out um yeah that banded tape press guys i mean look that up on our youtube i think you're really gonna like that movement uh you can load that thing up with with some bands and you get to 20 reps it gets brutal yeah, you really fatigues you near the end. All right, guys, let's uh, let's go on to at PSC sixty five fifteen hundred. A lot of numbers there. Is it possible to add seventy five pounds to my bench in two years? And what I said to uh, this gentleman here is, uh, I would not cap your potential. I believe this uh, this gentleman is about fifty years old. He was trying to hit a five hundred pound bench by the time he turns fifty, uh, and I said. Hey, you know, the cards may be stacked against you to add 75 pounds in two years. I mean, that's a significant gain, um, and especially as you get older and the more time you've been training, those gains do not come as hefty as that. Um, but I said to him, hey, don't ever put a cap on your potential. You know, if someone's going to tell me they're going to add 75 pounds in two years, I mean, hey, go for it. Just realize when you have big goals like that, they require a big, hefty work ethic. And it's going to require a lot of work to get there. Most people have a threshold for work. You're only going to be able to do so much. 
until it starts to burn you out, whatever. You know, some of these professional athletes, you just see them grinding, all right? And I know that's kind of on a highlight reel, but a lot of these professional athletes, that's what they do all day. They just work. They put in that work. Um, so, you know, you have to make the work match what your goals are. And for most people, I mean, this is not our job. You know, you have other things going on. You come home to a family, you kids to feed. You know, you got to think about going to bed at some point because you got work in the morning. You know, so there's only so much you can do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's if you want to be at that top of the game, you know, you're going to require, you know, like Eddie Cohen in his book, he, he uh, said all he did was eat, sleep, and train. That was his day. That became his his work. You know, he didn't he didn't go to go to work and do manual labor jobs or sit at a desk. He ate, trained, and slept. You know, he he prioritized his recovery. Beat himself up in the gym. Prioritized recovery. So it's really making the work match what you're looking to do. So hey, all power to you if you want to do that, my friend. It's definitely possible, but your work's gonna have to reflect it. I'm not gonna tell anyone they can't do that. You know, I'll tell you, hey, maybe a more realistic goal might be so-and-so, but, hey, shoot for the moon, my friend. Uh, we have one from at Alex L. Thickboy. Bench injury prevention exercises for bench press. And he named off a bunch of different muscle groups and stuff. And what I said to, to Alex here is um, higher rep movements for all those different muscle groups, your shoulders, tricep extensions all that that's going to help build some resiliency in that joint all right that high rep work just getting the blood flowing getting that pump quote unquote okay instead of beating ourselves up with heavy strength movement um, really get that blood flow to the area do a lot of high reps you know it's not uncommon for us to, to program and tricep work that's gonna hit about 20 to 30 reps okay um, and sometimes beyond. Sometimes I'll, I'll let someone just roll with a hundred rep set, and then just break it down how you want. You could do two sets of fifty, you know, three three sets of thirty three, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, any of that high rep work. Now we have a shoulder online course called Bulletproof Shoulders. It's by far probably our most popular one. We had a lot of signups for that course. Um, it is nine ninety nine. In fact, all our courses, all past, present, you know, it's all available. Bigbenches.podia.com. You can just go to our website, bigbenches.com. There's also a link there. But check out our online courses. We have, of course, our flagship online course. That's it's jam packed. We actually have a preview. It's free to go check that out. The preview videos of what you're gonna get. Okay, you can break that down to three easy payments of thirty three. So it's not very, um, you know, it's very cost effective. You know, it's not an expensive thing, but it's jam packed with all the info I can give you in all logical order about how I'll teach it. So of course we have that flagship program, and then we go down uh, all these smaller courses that we did are just nine ninety nine, all right, one time payment, and it's called Bulletproof Shoulders, and that was one of my favorite courses we did because um, I think it's really valuable. Uh, I talk about how to protect your shoulders and bench press technique talk about how to train your shoulders i talk about how to prevent injury on your shoulders and then i throw in a lot of cool warm-up ideas and and uh, some different mobility things you can try out that uh, i found success with so i would definitely if you're concerned about your shoulders in any capacity i would go give bulletproof shoulders a, a look through uh, some, a lot of people have said that um you know that's helped them out considerably so again bigbenches.com you can click on the online courses it'll take you there okay 
Alright, we got any questions coming in? Make sure, guys, if you're, you're watching, you want to ask anything, shoot away. I'm just answering. We had a lot come in from Instagram, which is awesome. Uh, so, want to make sure we're hitting all these up. Mark says, good day, Bench and Benny. What's up, my friend? Thanks for joining in. Toyobusa. Hello, greetings from Holland. What's up, my friend from Holland? How we doing? Sip of coffee to you. We got viewers all over. Lifting mailman. Giving me the sunglasses finger thing. How we doing, my friend? All right, guys. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Let's answer some more here. Let's get into it. At BigWid81. Should you let your air out as you press or hold it in? Um, so I'm a big fan. I'll just hold your breath for the entirety of the set. Um, you know, I wouldn't say breathe out as you press. I definitely wouldn't ever tell someone that. I try to get our athletes to avoid doing that. Um, but if even if you're doing reps, say you're doing a five-rep set, if you can hold your breath for the entirety of that set or at least three solid reps, that's what I would do instead of trying to breathe each one. Um, try to hold that in as much as you can. Get the most you can until you need to breathe again. All right. And if you're in a shitty place with that, so I'll give you a story. When I first started shirting, shirted lifting, I was working in uh, in Zerfinom, and uh, one of the big issues I had was holding my breath for the entirety of the set. I'd usually conk out of the set and throw it back because uh, I just didn't have the capacity. I guess with my lungs and my breathing to hold that breath and take that pressure. It's a real shock to you the first time you're in a shirt. So I get that question asked a lot, especially in the shirt. I see people take the bar out and try to breathe in then. Um, you want to set that breath in before that weight comes out. Get yourself prepared. Get that midsection brace. And then go through the entirety of the rep, the lift, without having to breathe again. Because I tell you, if I take a bench press out and I have to re-breath again... I'm probably going to lose that bench press. I'm just not going to be able to keep that tightness because I'm instantly going to start shifting to my shoulders. Okay. So it's a huge deal. And like I said, that's one of the biggest things for people starting out that struggle with when they get to a quick lift and they can't hold their breath. But trust me, guys, you are going to build up that capacity. Okay. You're going to build up that capacity. Um, you just have to do it more. And pretty much all I did was said, hey, Stop being a pussy coach, Ben. You know, you, you got to suck it up and, and just deal with it. Um, and, you know, I just kind of had to get hard on myself with that. And lo and behold, you get better at it. Um, so, yeah, hold your air in as long as you can. And nowadays, I can do a five-rep set holding my breath, you know, for the majority of it. Not really a problem. I've built that up. Um, so I can go a long time squeezing and holding my breath like that. I'm ready. Had something coming from Matt here. Do you think cardio such as running affects strength gains in the bench press? Uh, so, I think yes and I think no. Uh, running in high, so let me say long endurance type of exercise. So if you're running a long distance, I've always seen endurance athletes struggle with gaining strength. Uh, they certainly don't gain a strength as quickly. Um, especially with those with a endurance background. I was training a lady who uh, had a marathon background. I think that's really all she did for sports. And, uh, you know, you build so much slow twitch fibers during that time to, to really create that oxidation. You need to have the energy to do those types of things. Um, it's totally opposite of what you're doing with strength training. Strength training, fast, explosive. Long distance running, 
slow endurance. Uh, you're building different muscle fiber types. So depending on your past, um, you know, what you do early on can really affect how well you can be at either or. Uh, can you do both? You can absolutely do both. And I think one of the, the best examples of that is Alex Viata. And if you don't know him, definitely check him out. He was known. That was kind of his niche was endurance running, uh, being able to do marathons and do strength training. He was an incredibly strong athlete. Um, you know, he, I forget his numbers. I think he squats like 800 raw. Um, just some really impressive lips. And uh, he would do all these distance running. And I believe he had a program at one point. Um, where you had distance running included in which is strength training but you have to properly break it down you really have to dial in nutrition i'd say it just makes things more clouded makes things a little more complicated if you're going to go and do your endurance stuff um i'd say it's more likely than not to negatively affect things you know what i mean but i don't want to say that you can't do both because you can certainly get strong at both so it's really it just makes you have to dial it in more all right, is what I'm saying. It's like if you're cutting weight, you know, you want majority of what you're eating to be more quality because if you're eating less, you want to make sure it's at least quality. If you're eating a shit ton and you don't really care, you're trying to gain weight, you know, you can get away with more, you know, quote-unquote bad foods. All right, so you just have to dial it in more at the end of the day. Uh, a light, elite, whatever that is. How are we doing, my friend? Hey, when I bench heavy... Weights, non-shirted, with an arch, my back muscles tend to cramp up, specifically my lats. Any suggestions? Uh, yeah, so if it's a nutrition-type issue where you're not getting proper hydration or you're lacking electrolytes or something, then I definitely recommend noon tabs. Uh, this is something that will get you out of a lot of tricky situations. My last full power meet, uh, I was really cramped up in the quads after squats and bench going in the deads my back was wrecked by then my quads like i, I had a hard time walking around because my quads were locking up on me and stuff and uh, i was like oh shit but luckily we had some noon tabs um i just ate them in my mouth yeah they aren't good when you don't dilute them with water but you get it in your system quick and that helped me a lot so um noon tabs are great and n and they're popularized by stan efforting in powerfully circles now because my he hit that uh, world record total and that was a big thing he always talks about he was just cramped up couldn't move and they just gave him a bunch of noon tabs and he was good to go um, so that's one way to fix that the other thing is if you're just not used to properly activating your lats or they're weak or you know usually when something's weak they'll cramp up uh, hamstrings core strength for me like my abs if I do any crunching type movements uh, I can finally do like plyometric or I'm sorry isometric type moves like a plank I can finally do that without cramping as much, um, but if I start crunching now and doing some of those like flexion movements, I'll lock up and it'll just hold on me and uh, you know, I won't be able to go anywhere. And then uh, also hamstrings, if my hamstrings are weak, then they're more likely to cramp up. So when I do finish some high rep sets of hamstrings, they'll cramp up real bad on me usually. So probably just need to build up your back more or you need to uh, do that type of activation more um, to condition yourself. Now I like the lat, uh, the lying lat pullover hold. That's a great one for that. That's when you have a, uh, use a I use a PVC or something and I just, you, you lock out, you pull that weight down and you just hold it here statically and bend the bar. Um, and that'll really help with that. We say Ian Stanajevich. Uh, sorry if I said that wrong, my friend. Just want to say that your How to Bench with Long Arms video helped me a ton. 
I appreciate that, my friend. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, yeah, I definitely understand. Definitely tough to uh, to bench with longer arms. You know, and look at me uh, benching with uh, or trying to deadlift with these short arms. So it goes the other way too. Um, so I mean, the pain I feel trying to deadlift with short arms, I'm sure is the same pain you feel trying to bench with long arms. Um, but it can be done, and you know, one of the biggest things you have going for you is Josh Bryant says is a bigger eccentric loading phase. All right, so you're gonna get good spring off the chest. It's just, can we get your triceps and stuff up to par? Can we find ways to cut your range of motion? You know, all the stuff you saw on the video. So I'm, I'm really glad that's been helping out, my friend. Toya Busa, does it matter benching with a 32 millimeter or 28 millimeter thick bar? So I'm really glad that you asked that, my friend, because um, I'll give you an example. I was benching somewhere that had an Ohio Power Bar, and then I had a Texas Power Bar. Now, I did not know that Ohio Power Bar actually is a little bit of a thicker diameter. And I always felt like something was different because um, I really loved the Power Bar, my Texas Power Bar. I always felt real strong with that. And then recently, just switching to the bar you see behind me here, this is a Sabertooth bench bar that Elite FTS sells. Uh, made by Texas Barbell, and it's thick, like almost like a squat bar thick. And I've been feeling a tr like I love the bar, great loadable handles, but I hate the thickness. I don't have huge hands, just like I have short little arms. I don't have very big hands. Um, I'm just a short little limbed guy, I guess. But uh, I the, when they have a big thick bar in my hand, it's really tough to get that bar as low as I want it to be. The Iron Wolf bench bar that we use at RPS, nothing beats that bar. That bar is, is almost as thin as like a deadlift bar. Long handles, you can load that puppy up. I love benching with that bar. However, this bar, this is thick like a squat bar. You know, it's great to make training harder, and I'm sure once I go to RPS, it's going to be that big of a difference. But it does make a huge difference, I'll tell you what. Um, just having all that weight in your hands, it's much easier to steady it. You know, 800 pounds on a power bar to me is going to feel lighter than 800 pounds on this bar. I'll tell you that. I've noticed that firsthand. This bar is making things feel really heavy for me. Um, and that's not just the bar thickness. A lot goes into that. But um, it certainly is making it harder to keep that bar in the right spot, to keep my wrist where I want them. I'm noticing more and more, especially with reps, I'm getting bent back. And... Um, so it's a big deal. If you have bigger hands, maybe not, but certainly for me it's a bigger deal. Why have something thicker? Well, it's not going to bend as much. So then you're talking about when you're benching 800 pounds, you know, the whip of the bar has to be considered too. So when you go to press up, you know, the weight's kind of folding down and, and going up and down kind of. All right, you don't want to catch that second wave per se of that weight coming back down. You see um, Blaine Sumner try to squat like that. It's, it's scary. It just kind of hits you again. Um, but yeah, I noticed a huge difference. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's something that uh, I should actually do a video on because it does matter, especially if you have little hands. I've noticed a big, big difference. Okay, lift the mailman. I like fat grips for bench. Ever try them? Um, no, I have not, my friend. Um, usually to the same point because it will make it so hard, and I have these little hands. Um, but hey, yeah, that's a great example of making things harder. So that when you go back to whatever, it's easier. So maybe something I got to do a little bit more of, right? I have done an axle bar. And an axle bar is just a thicker bar. Think like the Donnie Thompson fat bar. Um, I have done that more so for floor pressing and stuff. And that's challenging in itself. 
but yeah, I'm all about making training harder so you go to a meet. So, you know, maybe some will be freaking out about that type of situation. But, hey, I just view it as I know I can probably get more when I go to a meet and be more confident with it. And I'd rather have that. You know, I'd rather have training be really hard and then everything go perfect when you go to a meet. That's what it's all about. And I hate to see lifters who get everything so perfect in their training. They dial everything in. You know, the loud music, they get hyped up, people yelling them on, pneumonia, the great footing, and all this good stuff. And uh, they go to a meet, and it's a total shit show of a situation, and they just can't handle it because they've been training in perfect conditions. So whenever you can make training harder for yourself, the bar, you know, no music, I don't know, um, less ammonia, less hype, more pausing, you know, it's all going to benefit you when you go to a meet. Yes, Cyclonic Rabbit, good point there. Obviously, the, um, when the bar is thicker, you're going to have less grip strength around it. So, squeezing a walnut versus squeezing an orange, he says. That's a great way to put it, my friend. Um, yeah, so you definitely start to feel the difference there. P. Borrego, 89. On single ply bench, do you fly your elbows when you start to press or do you keep them tucked in? So uh, I wouldn't think about, so I, I guess you could say you just keep the spread. I don't know what you mean by the fly, just the terminology used there. But um, I would definitely look to, and this is the biggest thing that helped me a ton, get that spread. So get the weight out, really spread into the sleeves, stretch that chest plate over you. Okay, start to ride it down while keeping your elbows driven out against the uh, the shirt. Think spread, spread, spread. And then when you start locking up the chest plate, you have to start traveling to the belly. Then you then you tuck. All right, then you start to tuck down. Uh, you kind of land it more like an airplane than, you, than a helicopter. Okay, so at first, I'd keep them spread, 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 lock up the collar, and now start to tuck towards the belly. And then, of course, when you come back, you have to be good at keeping your back engaged, using the pad as leverage, and then just twisting the elbows out as you go to lock out all right so that's something that helped me tremendously a tool that helped me really dial that in rich putnam's freak band the way that is uh, made it's just like a knee wrap that goes around your elbows and you can really groove it like a shirt so i'll say if you want to get that down get that tool slingshot ain't going to do the same thing the titan ram doesn't really do quite the same um, get that tool benchfreak.com and just groove some light reps or just wear a shirt and groove some light reps there's nothing wrong to go and lighten a shirt and just feeling that out going to where you can alley belly i can't decide bar path what's your suggestion uh so we have some videos on that in our youtube my friend i guess i'll leave you with that because that can kind of be a mouthful um bar path it just search big benches bar path on youtube and we have a lot of great resources for that. I've cut, done a couple good videos on that. Toyabusa, I found out I can bench more with a thick bar. Thin bars bent more with heavy weight. Ivanko bars bent a lot. Yeah, so it goes both ways. I mean, uh, you look at a guy like Jimmy Cobb. He's uh, benching. He's had like 1,200 pounds on his saber tooth bar. He loves his bar. All right, he loves that bar. Um, but I'm willing to bet he has much, you know, more bear paws than I do. Um, and he doesn't notice that as much. He he notices more the whip in the bar versus how thick the bar is. I notice less whip because I'm not traveling a long range. 
I'm noticing much less whip. That's never been something that concerned me. Um, but the, the diameter of the bar really affects me. So it's just one of those scenarios where diameter doesn't affect him as much. He prefers that because he gets less whip, so it helps him. I don't travel very far. I have these small little hands, so I need something that's a lot thinner. Um, and I have shitty grip strength anyway. I can't hold on to death to save my life at a freaking meet. Winnie, any tips to bench with winged scapula? Um, yeah, so I'm assuming that you probably have a scap that's not moving very well. Um, that may be a little bit displaced. And again, it comes down to doing what you can to fix that you know it should be going to a pt and things like that to to get some recommended exercises to get to get that that therapy get you back on point um but i mean if you're just really doing what you can with your restrictions so everything i talk about i mean nothing's going to change really per se it's just going to be trying to optimize it for for you you know what i mean so like for if you have long arms per se that's not going to help you on the bench but I mean, nothing really changes. Everything I talk about is the same. You just have to kind of deal with it as a long-armed bencher. So, uh, yeah, I work with some athletes who they're they're very kind of disproportional. They, you know, some you get some shoulder hiking up here and whatnot. Best we can do is really um, have them key in on how they're setting up. You know, trying to get them to feel the right position because sometimes it's just. You know, if they try to get tight on one side, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of place them in that neutral position and then just get the work in there and build that up. Um, but, yeah, nothing really changes. I mean, we're just still executing the same way that I talk about. See anything coming in here? Yeah, Matt gave you some great, um, great tips there. Matt's a PT, by the way, guys. I'll be Matt. He's in our VIP membership. He's, he posts awesome videos. I appreciate that, Matt. Um, he's always great with that stuff. So that yeah, definitely any any type of you know mobility restrictions, things like that, injuries, all that's best to, to go see a good PT. Bank Cosma. Why could I bench 10 pounds more with a close grip versus a wide grip, not ultra-wide? I've always used a wide grip, and I am around 15% body fat. So he benched 10 pounds more with a close grip versus he's always been wide, and he didn't bench as much wide. Uh, well, maybe you have a strong triceps, or maybe you're loading your lats better in a closer grip. I mean, a lot could come down to that. Um, you know, so it's, it's hard to pinpoint, but obviously you're stronger, closer grip, so something's conducive for you to be closer grip. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Maybe you should just switch to closer grip. Um, you know, wider grip actually your weakness, but you train it a lot. I would work on prioritizing your close grip for a while. See see where that can take you. All right, so that's not a bad thing. The way that's worded almost makes it sound like it's kind of a bad thing in a way. But, hey, roll with the close grip, my friend. Whatever grip works for you. Don't necessarily have to be wide, um, you know. So it's really just based on whatever's working for you. Eric Bell, favorite track to bench to, other than Thunderstruck, of course. Um, hey, I love me some ACDC. Uh, I'm an odd one with that, my friend. Um, I always get made fun of with the crew because, I mean, I'll throw a freaking Tom Petty on or some 80s classic rock. Um, 
you know, I'm really all over the map. You know, some country songs fire me up. Hey, if it's a song I like and there's like a good, maybe there's a good kicker in it where something just starts to hit and, you know, it just, it lights you up. Whatever music you can vibe to, my friend. I mean, obviously there's going to be those ones where you classify more as, hey, this is just good listening versus I'm going to lift heavy to this. Uh, but, hey, anything that fires me up, uh, I listen to Tom Petty, Won't Back Down. That's been my go-to. Uh, a lot of WWE theme songs, um, some AEW theme songs. I'm a big wrestling guy, so um, you know, a lot of those theme songs hype me up. Kenny Omega's theme, him coming out, you know, that hypes me up. So, uh, yeah, whatever gets a, the ticket done for you, my friend. We'll get through a few more here from the Instagram. We had a lot of great ones come in. Let's go uh, at Ponytail Powerlifter. She says, I'm having issues being female and having a large chest. To get a shirt to sit right, any suggestions on that? Okay, so this is a common issue for females. Um, you know, to, to get the shirt to really uh, construct right to work for them. Because, you know, they got the, the extra meat here in the front. Um, so what my suggestion is, is the same thing I would tell flat back benchers, those do, who do not arch much. I've seen good results with getting a stock shirt sized up so that the chest plate's going to fit. The chest plate's going to be a little bit more expanded for you. Uh, therefore, with a stock shirt, the arms are probably going to be very large. So get this, the sized up stock shirt and then get the, the sleeves pinched after the fact. Okay, so send it in for alterations. Get the sleeves tightened up where you need. Um, or you could just go about the process of ordering a custom shirt. Now, I don't know if you can do that through... Inzer, I'm sure you call them and ask. Maybe you can get that set up. But um, I know Titan offers some custom sizing options. Uh, I'm not sure if they're the only ones. I know Overkill is only custom sizing. Um, she also happened to lift in a federation though, that has some restrictions. So, um, you know, that kind of throws a wrench in it too. But um, that would be the same suggestion I give to someone who benches with a flat arch uh, or doesn't have an arch because you're going to travel so far that you're going to need an expanded chest because you're not going to continue to be able to stretch that chest well. All right. Let's see. The drums, uh, Dan Dan Roberg, the drums to In the Air tonight, Phil Collins, and he loves Tom Petty. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Uh, that I don't think that can't pump anybody up. Um, I don't know if people will lift to it all the time, but I certainly could. I'm with you. Uh, Matthew Hoth, how you fix brachialis pain? Got it from switching closer grip with more upright wrists. Uh, so I've definitely had that. Um, i tell you what, getting deep tissue massage has been a real godsend for you know a lot of those issues. And um, a lot of the times I just need proper rest and recovery too. Probably I'm doing something in my training that I got to key down on. You know, a lot of it is just training up, um, switching up your training variables as well because they're spurring on whatever's happened. I mean, there's only so much work you can do on them. I do soft tissue till the cows come home. You know, I can, it's usually after you develop a different muscle group too. Um, you know, like uh, the, the extensors of your hand is always great to do too. They sell those X-band, um, the X-band things there. You can work on the extensors of the hand because otherwise my hand just is stuck like this. It's a natural position that bench grip and I can't barely supinate my arm so I mean all those things are factors you just want to be 
a, a person that moves well. Of course, with powerlifting, we're going to develop those types of tendencies. Uh, so it's just trying to work with them. You know, again, go see PT, go get deep tissue massage. That helps me tremendously because you're not going to fix everything at the end of the day. We're not going to all be perfect anatomical structures, but we're going to work with what we can do, and we're going to try our best to get us to a good place. Bank Cosma, is there a way to increase my arch? Mine is always really small despite me trying to arch as much as possible. So I'm going to, again, I'm going to point you to our uh, YouTube video for that. I did um, one that's not too long ago, so you can just kind of go through most recent, and it's how to increase your bench arch. And I think I put a lot of great mobility type work in there, um, as well as how to get the most out of your technique too. But that was a real good all-encompassing video, so... Um, I'll point you in that direction, my friend. I think that'll be a really good video for you. Matthew says, thank you. I'll get some soft tissue work done. I appreciate you too, Matt. Um, thanks for tuning in, my friend. But yeah, I, the, the key is getting someone that's good. I mean, you can go and try to get deep tissue massage, and, you know, it's just kind of foo-foo. But, um, you know, luckily I, I know someone who she is tremendous with the deep tissue massage. She'll, she'll dig in there. No holds barred and um it it really helps it really helps and you notice the difference once you're not doing it you know so um definitely would be a great thing to do and i know a lot of benches who will get that uh, extra recovery work done whether they're going to see a pt getting some work done there or, you know they're going and getting deep tissue or anything like that you know sometimes you really stumble on something that helps a lot for you What's up, Alex? Alexander Perez. He's on our coaching program. Hey, Coach. Uh, and also, shout out to Alex. He's actually opened up a gym. Uh, I believe you're in the Rochester, New York area there. Um, so stay tuned for that. I think that's coming in August, but I want to shout out his place. Hey, Coach. Suicide open grip versus conventional grip on bench. Any thoughts? Yes. Yes, and I and let me know too on uh, the Coach Now app as well. I'll send you that link to the video where I discuss that. It's a great topic, my friend. Um, so to go over that real quick, the benefits of a false grip benching without your thumb over the bar is that you can tune in with your lat so much better because you don't have the ability to bend on the bar, create stability like that. You don't have the ability to really um, squeeze extra through the arms. So you eliminate some of that extra arm involvement and then you can really focus on loading into the lats because you have to. You're forced to because you can't bend into the bar. But then on the flip side, having a closed grip, you can bend into the bar. And that's invaluable. And I'd always want someone to do that. To get the best of both worlds, I've found instead of death gripping it like this right, and squeezing with the thumb, squeeze it like you would false grip and just leave the thumb you know, as opposed to on the back of the bar. Just drop it in the front of the bar. All right, don't squeeze with the thumb. Just leave it there as an anchor so you can still bend into it. But at the end of the day, you're not death gripping it in the front and getting more activations out of everything. You know, so you can bend into the bar now, but you also can load your lats a little more efficiently. And that's how I would uh, attack the grip there is just to leave the thumb hanging out. Alivelli, should my elbow be slightly in front of the bar when lowering the bar? Uh, I would say no to that, my friend, especially if you are a raw bencher. Uh, I would say no. That would probably be into the category of leading with the elbows. Um, we just posted a video on that too, so definitely check that. I think that'll help you out a ton. Bank Gosma will super high rep band push down solve my elbow pain. 
with skull crushers. Some people say that. Uh, it potentially, I found that I'm more conducive for skull crushers if I warm up properly to them. Uh, I don't want to go into a working weight right away with a skull crusher. So I found um, just doing a really light skull crusher using an easy bar handle so I can go more neutral grip, you know, maybe getting a neutral grip bar, um, makes it much more conducive for me to do that exercise. If I do them really heavy right off the bat, no go, no go. Uh, Matt's got a football question. We got Cam to the Pats. What are your thoughts? Bucks Pat Super Bowl. I would love to, you know I would love to see that, my friend. That would be a dream come true, especially if, if we could uh, if we could see it with fans. Um, but hey, Cam to the Pats. Now here's my thoughts on that. I was hoping all along they wouldn't sign Cam Newton, uh, but hey, they signed Cam Newton. Um, I don't I don't write Jarrett Stidham off. I still think that Jarrett Stidham could be the guy. Okay. Uh, obviously, they know more of him than we do. You know, he's been there over a year now. And uh, what I think might happen is a camp could potentially get cut. So I think he's either going to be the starter or he's getting cut. There's no way he's going to play second fiddle, nor does he want to. I think it's one of those scenarios like they bring in Reggie Wayne, right? He comes in, he gets cut right away. He just didn't hack it. You know, some people just can't hack it. So I think it's one of those scenarios where, hey, he, if he comes in, he learns the playbook right away, he really shows his shit, has a good preseason, maybe he's the starter. But then on the flip side, you know, I think it's more of an insurance policy. I think Jarrett Stidham's ready to roll. And I think if Jarrett Stidham does a great-ass job, um, you know, I think he's going to be the starter. And we're going to see Cam actually get cut. And then I think everyone's going to explode about it. Um, but I was hoping they wouldn't sign him all along. But, you know, they got him super cheap. He's a good insurance policy. He's a former MVP. Let's see what he's got. You know, that's my thoughts. Um, but I'm like 50-50 on if he's actually going to be the starter, to be honest with you. Um, that's just me. But I always love a good football question. Thanks for dropping that in, Matt. Um, let's, let's knock out a few more. I got a few more from Instagram here, guys. Appreciate everyone tuning in and continuing to watch here. Uh, means a lot to me. You guys are checking this out. Um... Uh, at Drew Farrell, 77. Close grip bench or reverse grip bench for strong triceps? That's a good question. Now, Drew, I don't do much reverse grip bench. Now, this is something that I actually want to start playing around with a little bit more, especially since my shoulder's been bothering me, and I'm trying to find some more ways to, to continue raw benching to some degree. Um, so I'm going to start playing around with reverse grip, uh, grip bench a little bit more. But to answer your question, if you're trying to develop triceps, uh, I think the reverse grip bench is a little more conducive for loading your lats and working around, you know, really prioritizing the shoulders and whatnot. Um, I don't know how it feels on the triceps. I want to say there's triceps to some degree for sure, um, but I see it more as a way to hit your back. I don't think anything's going to hit your triceps better than a close grip bench. You know, a close grip bench is really going to prioritize your, your tricep, especially if you do a super close grip and go to a board height. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to get better than that, but... You know, while both may hit your triceps, I think you're better off close grip if you really want to bring it up. At Dixon, 4542. Now, this one, my friends, this uh, this is a great prelude, uh, prelude into something that we're doing here. First time in a bench shirt. How do I train in it? That's It could be a loaded question here I, or a loaded answer. I got a lot to say. Um, uh, like a short story here, just start training in it. Make sure you have help. Make sure you have spots. Start training. That's how I had to learn. You know, 
get a coach to help you out would be the most valuable thing to do. I wish I did that earlier on. I actually had um, that who's coaching me now, Jamie Mata up in, in uh, Fairhaven, Vermont. He's actually um, he's actually one that showed me you know originally how to how to really groove in the shirt and stuff long ago. So you know, kind of full circle there, but. Um, that would be the best thing to do is get a coach to help you with that. But make sure you have the crew and just start training it. I had to learn from my mistakes. You just got to have to do it. You know, someone can, someone can give you all the advice you need to ride a bike. But the first time you go and ride a bike, you ain't going to magically be freaking Lance Armstrong. Right? You're going to have to go through the reps. Same thing in a bench shirt. You could take everything I could ever give you, but eventually you're just going to have to do. And you're going to have to get reps. You know, same deal. Um, but this is a great preload into um, I'm doing a shirt at bench course. Now, this is the same type of big flagship type of course that we have with our six-week uh, six uh, program included with that, that big bench course I was talking about. You can go to bigbenches.com and you see the courses button. This is going to be a big project as well. Uh, we have a ton of videos in here. It's another 40-plus, 50-plus video-long course. Um, now breaking articles in there. I've got uh, you know videos in there, time lapse videos of myself training too. Um, you know the breaking protocols, how to break in the shirt, how to start grooving a shirt, different types of shirts, what you want to look for, what you want to get. Everything's in there. I sat down and I was like, what does everyone need to know getting into a shirt? And it's just an all-encompassing thing: how to train in the shirt, uh, how to keep yourself injury-free, jam-packed with everything I can offer you. And uh, we are still filming that. That's going to be a few more weeks, but I'm hoping to have that course ready. August sometime is, is probably the time frame we're looking at. August, early September, or late August, early September, something like that. But, man, when that comes out, guys, I mean, this this has to be the, the gospel for sure to benching. This is going to be a jam-packed course. I filmed a bunch of great stuff. So um, as amped as I am about that, other bench course we have for more for raw lifting but for anyone really um i'm amped about this project we're working on and then poor elvis man he comes by the the film and i stuck him in a in a bench shirt for uh for a good two hours you know he's stuck in like this and we're just filming stuff so god bless him (laughs) he's no shirt adventures so that's uh you know it's a whole different thing for him to throw on a shirt let's see I want to make sure we covered all this. I think we hit everything. We hit everything. This is awesome, guys. Got through all these Instagram questions. I'll take some from here now. All right, Paul Powerlifter 20. I got one of those bench blocks that goes on the barbell. Love it for triceps. How many days you bench in six-week program per week? Um, I'm not sure if you're asking about my six-week program, off-season, or you know the traditional one I have uh, that ends in a one-rep max test. Uh, or you're asking about my training. Uh, I guess I'll answer both. Um, first off, bench blocks, guys. If anyone wants to get some bench blocks, if you go to bench blocks site, we do have a discount code um, with Stephen Bench Blocks. It's a uh, big bench is ten. They'll save you ten percent. So you know if you are in the market for bench blocks, you can save a little there. Uh, again, big bench is ten. If you go to bench blocks website. Um, he says how many days you bench in the six-week program. So if you're talking about the six-week program that I sell on the site, uh, there is three days benching. There's two main days and then a recovery day. So usually someone will throw this in with their squat and deadlift training as well. And um, 
that recovery day can kind of be paired in with a squat or a deadlift day. So that's a more versatile day. And if you don't get to that day, it's not the end of the world. But there is two main benching days that you're going to want to get in. And that goes for off-season program and our uh, normal six-week program. And uh, my personal training, I'm I'm benching two times a week as well with uh, a back-specific day. So I go... I, I have back training in all the days. I have um, glutes and hamstrings and stuff on, on Monday. Monday is my squat and deadlift day. I do a lot of back work, and I do some bench accessories. I train triceps, things like that. Um, Tuesday, like today, we're going to be hitting, uh, I do some benching, kind of your normal bench session. I mean, I'll hit back after your triceps and shit. Thursday is kind of a back-specific day. It's mostly back work. I do a little shoulder work, too. Uh, and then Fridays, uh, that's when I go heavy on the bench. I'm in the shirt and I'm really trying to throw some weight around. So um, that's kind of how I'm laid out right now. But hopefully that answers your question there, my friend. I mean, we're out of Instagram questions. So um, just taking any questions that uh, that come in through here. All right. Appreciate everyone joining in again. Hey, if you want to get involved with the team, VIP membership, go to bigbenches.com. I always want to plug this because it's going to be super valuable for you guys. This is one of our best offerings, less than $10 a month. Um, we're doing some really cool stuff in there. We have another challenge going right now, our 10K a day challenge. Uh, so we're going for 10K steps a day. If you got your Fitbit or whatever, um, it's great to uh, go along with us. We're all encouraging each other to just move more get conditioning in and all that um so hey you have the vip membership guys if you love our content podcasts youtubes we have exclusive content in there on squat bench deadlift tips and we have a great community of lifters we're all pushing each other to get better i do video critiques there um you know we we, i try to uh, have webinars every now and then for the team as well um we cover a lot of good info can ask questions there all that stuff so um, you know, it's a great, great community to be a part of, you know, be able to join the team, you receive a lifetime discount to bigbenches.com. So I, I really think the value is jam packed there. Um, you know, for what it, what it is less than $10 a month. I mean, or you can just prepay the year at 99. Um, you know, we got a lot of great stuff there. So, uh, and I'm always trying to add like the, all the program templates, guys, just to value those alone. Those are all free if you're on a VIP membership. So, you know. If you need more reasons to get involved there, um, you know that's that's the place to be. So, all right, guys, I appreciate everyone again. You can go bigbenches.com, check out the VIP group. Um, but I am going to cap this off. I appreciate everyone that tuned in. We're hitting about an hour here, so I want to shut down. Um, but hey, hey, truly appreciate it, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, you know, set your reminders next Tuesday. We're back at it.